We're hearing good things from Auburn's fall camp, but my biggest concern going into it hasn't gone away. Breathing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us on this Thursday, our weekly guest, Jake Crane of Crane & Company and with the Daily Wire. A lot of good reports, Jake, coming out of Auburn's fall camp. My biggest two concerns going into it. Was Auburn going to be able to rush the passer? And what would the receiving game look like? Let's start our conversation today talking about rushing the passer. It's gotten a little bit better because it sounds like Jalen McLeod, the App State transfer Jack linebacker. Jake, it sounds like he is absolutely being a menace to block early in fall camp. Yeah, first off, Zach, it's it's good to join you again, man. Week two of, of our weekly sit-down. The flat bill is elite, by the way. It's absolutely Thank you, elite. Thank you, sir. I'm just ready to watch you go out there and shove for seven innings in the uh, the first game of the College World Series. But having put that aside, uh, you know, it, it's something we talked about last time. It's, it's a concern that me and you both shared. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of Auburn's season, and, and any team's season, is dictated on how well you play up front, how well you protect the passer, how well you run the ball, how well you stop the run, and how well you rush the passer. Well, rushing the passer translates to getting off the field on third down. There's a reason they call that a money down. You ask any coordinator that's worth the salt. He doesn't get paid mainly for first and second down on both sides of the ball. You get paid to convert on third downs as the OC and stop people from converting on third down as the defensive coordinator. But when you look at Auburn's personnel, you felt pretty good about the back end with what they have returning and some of the depth they have there. At linebacker, what they've done through the transfer portal, some younger guys coming up, you, you feel a little bit better there. Stopping the run even. With Rodgers coming in from Kentucky, I know he's got some health issues, but the interior defensive line with Marcus Harris and some of these other guys, you feel pretty good about. But can Auburn get to the quarterback? So you have the young kid in Falk, and I'm going to get to McLeod in a second. It's going to take a little bit of time at that position. It always does. But from talking to to the guys I've been talking to, the reps he's getting, going against some of the best guys Auburn can throw at him, and Auburn upgraded on the offensive line this year. That's how that's how you improve your pass. Especially rush. a tackle. You, yeah, you you have them go against good players. Because if you make practice more important than the game, or if you make practice harder than the game, then the mm. game is easy. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to fall continuing to grow. I'm not expecting a ton out of him early. Uh, but when it comes down to Jalen McLeod, the things I'm hearing, right, are, is how deep his bag is from a pass rush standpoint. And sometimes when you get guys from – group of five schools, and not that group of five schools don't play good teams. I mean, App State played Miami and Texas A&M, and you can go down the list. His uh, best game was actually play. against Texas A&M when you yeah, look at analytics and stuff. So, so again, you get fired up for those games as a player, and you got to be able to repeat what you did in that game from a using your reverse fin, using your long arm, knowing you're not just going to be able to bull rush guys the entire game. Sometimes high school guys and then smaller school guys kind of fall in that habit because they're bigger and stronger. But something we talked about, Zach, you run the tape last time we were on here, is this is a guy that has a very deep bag when it comes to rushing the passer. The biggest question for Jalen McLeod is not can he get to the quarterback, it's can he be a guy that, that you can put out there in second four? Can he be a guy you can put in that jack position where you feel good about him stopping the run and the pass? Uh, a guy that you don't, not just a specialist, which, look, at the end of the day, if he has to become a specialist, at least you do have a guy that can go out there and get after the quarterback on third down. You feel good about that. 
But Jalen McLeod's ability to have a lot of moves, his ability to to get to use go from strength, uh, speed to power, which you hear that term a lot with defensive ends, speed to power. He has a really good get off. But what I'm excited about the most with Jalen McLeod is his ability to be used in exotic blitzes. His not just hey we're going four down to get after you. Hey we're running a te. Hey we're running some Ron Roberts who loves to get after the passer. Hey we want to long stick you into the other a gap and his ability to change directions get into the interior and go hit the quarterback. So it's good good to hear that he's living up to the hype. I want to hear a, a little bit more about other guys living up to the hype because yeah. in this league, it's not just about one. It's about having three or four that can do it. The first day of fall camp, the starting defensive line, as we saw it, was Elijah McAllister at the Jack, the Vanderbilt transfer, Jason Jones at nose, Marcus Harris at the three, and then at defensive end, it was the Maryland transfer, Messiah Nasili Kite. They were off yesterday, but the last starting group that we saw in practice and this stayed that way for the remainder, uh, even after media left, at Jack, it was Jalen McLeod. The defensive linemen stayed the same, Jason Jones and Marcus Harris, and then Keldrick Falk starting a defensive end. I just think when you look at the most recent version of Auburn starting defensive line versus what they started in fall camp, from a pass rushing standpoint, I just feel so much better about the upside of those four guys. And obviously, it's going to be a rotation, right? Defensive line is going to rotate way more this year than they did under the Harson era, which is definitely a good thing. I think we all agree on that. But just as far as like the upside of having to prepare more as an offense against those guys, I love the upside of this version versus what we started fall camp with. Yeah, well, look, I mean, especially when, when you're going to the acclimation period before the guys, you know, put the pads on as they're putting the pads on, there's a lot of movement. And, and yeah. look, d defense, just like offense, and you know this, Zach, you, you personnel and package a lot of things, right? You got to make sure everybody's getting reps in, in every situation, but you know if it's – if because defense is dictated by personnel. There's a guy that is on the sidelines up in the box that is communicating every play from a defense – defensive coach to defensive coach standpoint, he's telling the DC, DC's asking, what's the personnel? What's the personnel? We say the word personnel grouping. What does that mean? If they're in 12 personnel, that you start with running backs and go to tight ends. That's one running back and two tight ends. 10 personnel, one running back, zero tight ends. 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends. You have jumbo. You have different names that people give different things. Heavy, heavy, goal line, things like that. So when you get that personnel grouping, I don't care how fast the offense is going, you're going to get the personnel grouping. You make your call and your packaging based on, based on the personnel grouping. And outside of Tennessee and some of these teams that go really fast, a lot of times when offenses change personnel groupings, they're having to come off the sideline. So you have time now to bring your group off the sideline. So mm -hmm. don't think just because this is where they, they line up or how they start, this is where Auburn's going to wind up and be the whole game. You want guys that are versatile, right? You want guys that can go out there, like I mentioned earlier, and stop the run and rush the passer. They're as effective on second three as they are on third and nine. But in reality, that's not how the game is anymore. You have specialists that are on third and long at defensive end. When, when it's third and long in the back end and you're going two-man, I, I don't want my true will backer out there having to cover if they're in doubles. I'll have my nickel out there, but let me put in another DB, another safety to go cover yeah. the number two in the slot so we can play two-man. We know it's a pass and we'll shade who we got to shade. So I don't get as much caught up in the depth chart this early in fall camp because what you're going to see here – you know, I don't know if they're going to let the media see this the further you go. I, I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't. No think way. So. But what you're going to see is later in camp, every play is scripted yeah. on between offense and defense, right? Every team period, even every seven on seven. Hey, it's second and six. 
here's the offensive call, here's the defensive call. We want to make sure we get all these personnel groupings versus each other because that's what it's going to be like in the game. So it's the, the depth chart's going to get more hammered out as who's going to go out there and start. But heck, we may get Auburn may get a sack on the first play. It may be second and 16, and they all of a sudden, uh, the, the offense, game one, runs 10 personnel out there when they were in 12 personnel, and Auburn brings a totally different group. That's why depth is the key to being effective. Do you think Auburn has the depth on the defensive line to succeed in these things that you're talking about, these different packages up front? You're going to have to have a couple guys, you know, step up and, and be ready early. The fault kid has to be ready early. You're going to have – there's always good surprises and bad surprises in fall camp. We're going to get to that in the wide receiver room, you know, here in, here in a second. There's always good and bad surprises. You just hope that where you're the weakest, you have more good surprises than bad surprises. Now, that doesn't mean – that you got to all of a sudden there's three NFL Hall of Famers that you found just sitting on the roster that you didn't know. They just have to be good enough to keep the ship across the channel before you get to the other coast. So what I'm hearing uh, from talking to the, the coaches that I've talked to the past couple of days is they're very confident in some of the younger guys and some of the newer guys that that have had to learn new terminology and, and, and a new way yeah. to kind of do things and, and a new structure. Uh, so, so I feel better about it than I did. But Hugh Freeze and Aldridge and all those guys will tell you that it's impossible for them to be where they want to be from a depth standpoint. They hadn't been here long enough. Yeah. All right. So we addressed Auburn's pass rushing concerns. Is there a concern in the wide receiver room still? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Football season's about to kick off. We all know it. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, on FanDuel, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. I'm a New England Patriots fan. I don't know if I'm picking them to win the Super Bowl. It is what it is. But you get bonus bets for every victory based on the team that you pick. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. There's a ton of stuff to wager on at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Jake Crane of Crane & Company, our guest every single Thursday. The wide receiver room is a big concern for me entering fall camp. I do feel a little bit better about this room after hearing really the first week and a half of fall camp. Jay Fair, out of the slot, has somehow passed Caleb Burton and then Javaris Johnson, who was one of the probably the most decorated wide receiver or at least returning wide receiver mm -hmm. On this room, in this room, we haven't heard anything really about him, Jake, because it's been all about Jay Fair tearing up defenses from the slot. That's a surprise to me, but man, uh, what a pleasant surprise it is. Yeah, again, it goes back to the surprises, right? Good and bad. Uh, yeah. Here's here's what I'll say. You know, we came on here and, and I talked about Caleb Burton last time being a guy in that slot, and, and I think you can move him around. I think you can play multiple positions that can hit the home run. Like, like Javaris Johnson is a good place, a solid player, right? He's a guy that's, that's, that's you know, got really strong hands, catches the ball away from his body. Not the biggest guy, but he's got a very high IQ. He's not beating anybody from LSU for a 70-yard touchdown, right? He isn't outrunning anybody at Georgia that last 25 yards to break away and score. I feel like Jay Fair and Caleb Burton can do that. And that's something that Auburn hasn't had in a while. How many home runs? And I'm talking about against legit teams. I'm not talking about Mary, Margaret, the blind and deaf school that, that you play as, as a cupcake game. I'm talking about the elite of the elite, the guys that you're playing that have NFL speed, 
How many players has Auburn had lately that can turn on the burners and go run away from them for a 60-yard touchdown? You haven't had a lot of that, and you have to. You're not going to be able to go on 10 to 12 play 80-yard drives for four quarters against some of these defenses, right? It's like basketball. Sometimes you got to be able to hit shots with a hand in your face. You're not going to be standing wide open all the time. You're not going to get easy shots all the time. And that's what this Auburn offense hasn't been able to do. And that's how you not only win games, big games against teams, it's how you survive games when maybe you're not playing great in other aspects of games. You're able to steal points. Oh, this guy climbed the ladder, broke a tackle, and went for 70. Again, all I did was call the bubble screen as the play caller. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. some sort of Nostradamus or Galileo or Aristotle from a play call standpoint. Hell, we just ran an RPO. We threw the bubble. He made one missed and hit his head on the goalpost. Makes you look like a genius. That's why Mike Bobo is going to look like one of the smartest coordinators in the world this year when he looked like one of the dumbest the past couple years. And I guess when you call slot fade at the eight-yard line against Penn State on fourth down, you know, maybe you, you should get called that, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but no, it's good to hear. They I'm need not more. over it either, Jake. I'm not over yeah, it either. They, they, yeah, you need you need more of them. You can't just have one of them because yeah. that, that, at the end of the day, when you have weapons everywhere, you can't double everybody, and you make defensive coordinators really nervous to take chances when they know they can't just shade one way. So it, hearing hearing about Jay Fair is great. You, you need to hear some more names. You need to hear some more guys that are stepping up making mm-hmm. those plays. Yeah, whenever the starters are lined up in front of the media, the starters have been Nick Mardner and Camden Brown on the outside and then Jay Fair at the slot. Yeah. But I'm not really hearing any reports about Nick Mardner or Camden Brown. The reports I'm hearing, talking to folks that are at practice the entire time, Jake, it's Jay Fair, it's Shane Hooks, and it's Jair Shorter. Those are the three names out of the wide receiver room that I keep hearing over and over and over again. Yeah, well, look, receive, receivers in practice, it's it, they kind of come and go. And what, what do I mean yeah. by that? Not saying that they don't work hard, but he's like, man, this guy had a huge catch today. All it takes is you catching one ball for 60 yards for everybody just like the Joker just lose their minds. You know, they just they just absolutely freak out. Now, that's not saying that these guys aren't going out there and, and you know, doing balling out, however you want to put it. But you'll hear names rotate. Well, what I want to hear is how are they blocking on the outside? What's the attitude in that room? Nick Mardner can we, we see, Nick Mardner can go make the play. Camden Brown has the potential to go make the play. Now, now we got to see Camden do it, right? That body type has to translate to on the field. Javarius Johnson, we, we know we know what he is. Hearing about Jay Fair, new and up and coming, that's great. I want to know how physical this room is. I want to mm. know how the leadership in this room is because I know Peyton Thorne and the quarterbacks in that room can deliver them a good ball. Can they go make the play? Some of them are already proven. I think you may hear some of the new guys trying to give them some confidence when you hear the other guys talk. That's something that leaders and older guys tend to do. But you'll notice the ebb and flow for receivers getting credit. It's just that's fall camp. It comes and goes because they're up and down. You may have a day where the quarterbacks don't, don't target them a lot. You don't get a ton of targets. You don't have a ton of chances. And then you have other days where you make four or five catches, including an all-star catch, spectacular catch. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to win the Bolitnikov. Right, right. And then, obviously, it matters about these guys getting open because I think Auburn's had the talent at wide receiver, even dating back to the Gus Malzahn era, has just been separation. Can these guys get open? And as a receiver, that's one of the many jobs you have is to be able to create space and get open. But scheme has such a big part of this. You're a big believer in Hugh Freeze's scheme. We'll see how Philip Montgomery's style sprinkles in and combines with what Freeze is going to do on offense. 
But to me, I think that's the most exciting part of this room. I think the most exciting part of the wide receiver room isn't even necessarily about the wide receivers themselves. It's about what Hugh Freeze can do with wide receivers. And that's still yeah. like, it's, it's just a theory up to this point. And sure, he's done it and everywhere else that he's been, but until he does it at Auburn, it's still just us talking about it until they actually go out and create space with scheme and, and their own abilities. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we had a wide receivers coach used to tell the receivers, listen, you know, this is the one position that, you know, in your relationship, you do want separation. Um, and, you know, and obviously at DB, I didn't want separation. I want to make sure we at least stayed together until the kids got through high school. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at the scheme. I think Phil Montgomery coming from that Art Bryles spaced it out system. You're going to get a, a mixture of spacing combinations, not the actual play spacing, but you're trying to get the DBs. You're messing with their alignment. They're used to with receivers lining up in certain areas because most receivers, depending on what formation you get, right, they, they line up off of the hash. They line up off of the numbers in, in similar areas. Well, Art Bryles and, and Philip Montgomery, these guys, they changed all that. They changed the dividers. It's almost like defending the triple option for, for a week as a DB because all your spacing's thrown off. It's not, all right, well, we know we're in yellow, yellow, yellow. We're going cover four. Well, they come out two by two. He's going to be three yards off the hash, so I line up here on my divider. No, it changes that. So you almost have to learn a new place to line up, which that can give you that extra step, right? I do think Auburn's had talent enough to create some separation, but they haven't had guys with a ton of wiggle enough down the field to be able to separate. And we're not talking about separate at the catch point where you turn a 50-50 ball and you're neck and neck mm -hmm. with the guy to a 70-30 ball, it's running by somebody. It's absolutely shaking somebody down, old Wild West saloon style, on a double move or sluggo or something like that. But a, a big part of that piece, Zach, has nothing to do with the receivers. A big part of that piece has to do with the Auburn being able to run the ball. Because mm -hmm. when you're effective running the ball, that safety is worried about having to run that alley on the front side. That safety is worried about having to run that J on the backside. That's how you track as a backside safety. Your eyes on play action stick longer in the backfield because you want to make sure that you clear that 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 number two isn't running scot-free because, number one, you went downhill because you guessed run or you were wrong and have your eyes on number two because you, you, you're you guessing pass and all of a sudden he hits that alley and he's gone for a touchdown. So you just mess with their eyes either way. And at this level, a split second might as well be an hour. So it takes a lot of pressure off of those wide receivers. And another thing, even if it is a run and the safety's right, if they're worried about run, they're not seeing number two, the wide receiver, come to block them, especially on the weak side where there's no nickel that protects you from number two coming to block you. So there's a lot of moving parts. That's why football is the ultimate team game. But being effective in the run game is going to help those guys by at least two steps. And it's an RPO system, so you're getting a lot of eye manipulation anyway. So, again, balance, it keeps you on the beam. Jake, on Tuesday, was told by multiple people it was the best day passing that they've seen out of Robbie Ashford. How does uh -oh. that impact? How does that impact the quarterback battle? We discussed in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the best type of clothing ever. I have three pair of shorts. I have one pair of Bird Dog pants. I have a Bird Dog hat. I love Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. They feel good. They've got this stretched khaki material. They fit slimmer through the thigh. They make your legs look great. 
And I know if you're watching or listening to the show, your legs look great and bird dogs will make them look even better. It's also very hot outside. Bird dogs keep everything cool. Gentlemen, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They've got this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Head over to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college. All one word, no spaces for a free hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Jake Crane, final few minutes of our discussion today. Robbie Ashford apparently had one of his best days, if not his best day, throwing the football at practice on Tuesday. He got the most reps with the ones out of any quarterback uh, after talking to multiple people that confirmed that information. Do you think this is still an open battle, or is it just part of the general rotation, Jake? I, look, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I do think okay. it's still a battle. I, I think it's a mixture of both because you want to give the – Robbie a chance, you know what I'm saying, to win it. Not that you're yeah. out there stealing reps or you just feel bad for the guy, but let's let's go back to what we talked about, you know, when I came on here the last time. Robbie Ashford is like that kid from Mighty Ducks that can skate faster than everybody, but he just can't stop. You know, you you put the the can the Coke cans up, and eventually though, he learned to stop, right? And when he learned to stop, he's the best player on the ice because he can fly. Robbie Ashford, if you have Robbie Ashford and Peyton Thorne next to each other. And you said, okay, they're both balanced enough and they're both really good at both. Who are you taking? You're, you're taking Robbie Ashford in this system. Robbie Ashford has tra Olympic track speed. Like Robbie Ashford can run away from Bama and Georgia. He can do the things that we watch on other teams on Saturday that have these athletic quarterbacks and go, oh my goodness, oh boy, mm -hmm. just scored from 70 yards out. And, and if he can just throw it well enough, right? You don't have to be Drew Brees or Dan Marino. Just throw it well enough to where the defense, like Jaden Daniels, right? Jaden Daniels started using the deep third of the field halfway through the year against uh, uh, for LSU, and it changed them. His accuracy kept improving, and it changed. Defenses had to all of a sudden, the safeties had to stop rocking up because they were trying to take away the intermediate passing game, the run game from both the running back and the quarterback. And they treat Robbie Ashford the same. They treat Robbie Ashford the same. And if you remember that Bama game last year, he had his best game throwing that, that I've seen him have. And I know that built a lot of confidence. If he can just throw the bubble right, throw the slam, throw the hitch, throw the dig, throw the basic, be able to hit the post and the vertical and hit Poco and Suggo every now and then, that RPO game is going to be disgusting. I'm talking about Uncle Fester in a bikini disgusting. I'm talking about, you know, Mark Mangino put, putting peanut butter all over himself, disgusting. You just can't stop it. There's a visual for you. You get to take with you the rest of the day. Yep, if I got to think about it, you do too. But yeah. it's he offers you something, and Peyton Thorne, look, is great leader, right? Does he run well enough for it to be effective? Peyton Thorne at his best can never beat Robbie Ashford at his best. The question is, will Robbie Ashford get to his best throwing the ball? If he does that, if Robbie Ashford can get there, if Robbie Ashford wins his job, you better watch out because that means he figured it out. And if he figured it out, I mean, we're talking about Oppenheimer explosive. Everybody put the goggles on and get behind the rock. I love. I just never know when you're going to whip out a movie reference, and I love it. I love it. No, you're, you're right, though, because the, the, the question with Robbie was never ability. It's never been ability. It's been consistency. And, yeah. you know, can he do what he did on Tuesday five, six, seven days in a row? And he hasn't yet, but
But man, if he does, Jake, that'd be really, really explosive for, system, for Auburn. If this is a pro style system, if this was Bama going back to what they're doing now, yeah, it would. Robbie Ashford wouldn't be your guy. He's not a pocket drop back pro style pocket passer. Robbie Ashford is a new age RPO style quarterback that can make the play on the scramble drill, that can take off and run, that can keep it on the zone read, uh, and just has to throw the ball well enough. That's it. It's that simple. Like, mm -hmm. if you took Jalen Milroe from Bama, he'd be a much better fit in this system that Auburn runs, right? You put Peyton Thorne over at Bama, he'd be a much better fit for that system that they run. But Robbie Ashford, man, it's like Goldilocks. You know, oh, this porridge is too cold. Oh, this porridge is too hot. If he can figure out how to make the routine throws routine, that porridge is going to be just right, Zach. Jake, how can uh, how can people check out everything you've got going on, brother? Man, it's really easy. Look, uh, you know, I'm I'm obviously started out covering Auburn from Auburn, uh, uh, Auburn Opelika area. Uh, we uh, we're almost at a hundred thousand on YouTube. So if you head over to Training Company, it's C R A I N and Company. I think we're at like ninety six thousand right now. Would love for you to hit uh, subscribe, Apple Podcast, Spotify as well. Uh, look, we talk everything. We just had Jeff Collins on. I'm out here in Vegas right now. I'm going to see, uh, go watch Power Slap. Uh, Dana White invited us out here. So I'm pretty jacked and tan about that. But yeah, we're talking everything college football, NFL, live calls, live chat. And if you like Zach's show, and Zach does a hell of a job. And Zach, I even say this when, when I'm not on your show, you do a hell of a job. Uh, you, you'll love our show as well. So check it out. Yeah, they do outstanding work. Crane and company, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to find all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.